Welcome to the Holistic Mindset Podcast, a space dedicated to inspiring and empowering women in their personal and entrepreneurial journeys. I'm your host, Karen Taylor, a holistic life and mindset coach here on a mission to help you magnetize your manifestations and generate soulful success as an ambitious woman. This podcast is your go-to resource providing you with insightful conversations and actionable strategies that will unlock your potential, ignite your passion, empower you to fully embrace yourself and expand your mindset to new heights. Prepare to be motivated, inspired and empowered as we dive deep into the mindset, energetics and strategies needed to create your version of success. So, Let's get right into it. Welcome back, you guys. I am beyond excited to release this episode to you. I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks, waiting for the right time, and I'm so ready for you guys to soak all of this up. So this week's guest, she had carved her path through killing it in the fitness industry and having a seemingly perfect life and all of the success on the outside, but soon realized there was still some unfulfillment. After going through an event and hitting rock bottom, she had gone through a deep healing, spiritual rediscovery journey, which led her towards coaching and creating the Conscious Woman Programme to help other women reconnect back to themselves. I am so blessed to have crossed paths with this guest within my mastermind container and so excited to have her here to share all of her knowledge. What I love most about this guest is her powerfully grounded feminine aura, which just radiates through anyone who is in her vicinity. It is truly magical to see someone so centered in themselves and their spirituality. So welcoming this week's guest, Nikki Kassa. Nikki, welcome to the Holistic Mindset Podcast. How are you? Hey, girlfriend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing incredible and so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. That is no problem. I have been having you on my list for a while now to get onto this podcast because I know that you just have so much to share and I've been following you for so long as well. And just loves your energy and everything you share around being like a conscious woman, feminine energy, all that like somatic healing, all these beautiful things that you preach and embody. And I'm so excited to just pick your brain about all of them. But first of all, I'd love to just start back to where this whole journey kind of came for you and where did you start to really step into this more like spirituality and coaching space? Yeah, so it's quite a, a long journey and story. So when I was in school, right, we're going we're gonna to go all the way back here, I felt really like most teenagers, really like lost and depressed. I felt this big pressure and emphasis to be in year 11 and 12 and feel like we knew exactly what we wanted to do with our lives, like what we wanted to study, we're going to go to uni and like set ourselves up for what we wanted to do for our career. And I just felt so uncertain. I was in a really dark place, drinking a lot of alcohol, taking recreational drugs. I 
didn't really feel like I had a friendship circle that I fit into and had a lot of friendship groups outside of the school that I actually went to because I just felt that like I was an outsider and I was quite a rebellious teenager. I barely spent time home being with my family and I was just in a really dark place and that eventually led me to going on a holiday with some friends and we actually came where I am now which is in Bali <laughs> came here to Bali and what was supposed to be like a really incredible and fun and adventurous holiday became like a really traumatic experience for me and while we were here on holiday one of my friends that I was traveling with thought that it would be fun for all of us to have mushrooms now at the time for me I was like hell no like if you go to Bali or like you go anywhere like there's a one place you like definitely shouldn't not do that and even still you know you want to make sure you're having the right set and dose and setting and people and environment and safety and there was just none of that so I was like this is not something that I want to be involved in it's not something I want to experience like I'm out and I think that the person who did it thought that well we're all having it so let's we'll just have a good time and I didn't know this at the time so when my body started to change and I started to feel really weird I was like what the hell is going on I started to feel anxious I started to feel like my grounding and like my feet on the ground were being like dissolved from underneath me and I just felt really paranoid and weird and any attempt that I like tried to speak up to share with my friends what was going on, I was like gaslighted and shut down and said, uh, and I was told, you know, you're crazy, you're overthinking it, you're finding you're ruining this holiday, shut up. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, I'm just feeling really unsafe and feeling paranoid and I don't know what's going on. I don't want to feel this way either, but I feel stuck. Like, I feel like I can't snap out of this feeling. And unfortunately, Karen, what happened was I then became stuck in that trip. And after three days of being stuck in this like psychosis, I was like dragged, literally like dragged to a hospital by my friends and they like abandoned me there because they felt that I was like ruining their holiday. And I, I don't like sharing like too dark into the details of everything that, that happened over the three days, but it was a really scary experience. And being back here in Bali now, I'm very full circle and I, I have a lot of healing that I'm doing right now with that experience and with my body. And for most people who go through trauma, they get very good at pushing it away and pretending that it's all in the past and trauma gets stored in the body. So I've noticed a lot of that being back here in Bali and been on that healing journey. But essentially what happened after this was that I really woke up, you know, hitting rock bottom and waking up in a hospital by yourself with friends of like abandoning you there it changes you because you really wake up to the reality of like how precious and short life can be mm. and I didn't think that I was going to wake up like I thought I was going to die while I was in this you know this heightened trip and so in that rock bottom experience I had like my first spiritual awakening where I was like whoa like this is a life that I'm living these are the friends I'm hanging out with this is the way I'm treating my body and the, like, the lack of care that I've had through high school leading up to this experience. Like, I need a change. It's not who I want to be. These, these are not the friends that I want to have and the life I want to live. So I went on a big self-discovery journey 
I decided that I would try and find my self-worth in bodybuilding. And you can imagine how that turned out, trying to find your self-worth in your body. I felt very lost and I didn't know who I was and get into something that felt like perfect again for me in my life. And it was after my fifth show competing, I got my pro card at the WBFF and I'm like achieving this success and winning trophies. And yet I felt so empty inside, still depressed. I still felt really negative, lots of anxiety. I hated my body. I had no self-love and I was like, what's going on? I thought that I was changing my life after Bali and turning things around and being successful and making money and a good job and a great body. Why do I still feel the same? And it was then when I discovered personal development working on my body and working on everything outside of me care and and i found this thing where you work on your mind and your like emotion and i was like this is like this is therapy like oh like i don't know seems a bit woo woo and so i went to my first personal development event and it wasn't until the second day where i had this huge epiphany during a meditation that they did and i was like oh my gosh like i get it i understand how important and powerful this work is. I've been trying to change my life and my job and my body and my friends, but I wasn't working on the most important thing, which was like me, my thoughts, my feelings, my beliefs, my behaviors. And when I started doing that work, it changed my life truly that time. And I realized that this is what I wanted to teach other people. I didn't want to be a PT. I didn't want to be a bodybuilder. I wanted to teach women how to empower themselves through their mind instead of through that journey of building their body. I love that. It's such a moving story. And I couldn't even imagine how that must have felt for you being in Bali in that moment. And you kind of almost had like two spiritual awakenings, that moment there. And then after winning your pro card, you're like, wait, but hold on. Like, this is not it. Like I still feel the need for something. And I think it's, it's amazing to hear stories like this because I think people get so tripped up thinking that they need to like have things change overnight or know exactly what they need to do when it comes to their life or their work or their business. But your whole journey was years, years of work and trial and error and rediscovering. And now at this point, you've then worked out like this is actually my true, true calling now and passion. And now you're living your best life, living in Bali you found an aligned partner who's in the same space as you and now things are finally feeling like how they should in that peace and that passion that you have. So I just, yeah, I wanted to share that because I just loved hearing that journey and the things that you teach your women. If you are listening to this podcast, chances are you're an ambitious woman who craves expansion. Are you looking for a supportive community that inspires growth and empowers you? then you're in the right space. Join my Holistic Mindset Podcast Facebook community specifically designed for women just like you. In this community, you can connect with like-minded women going through their own self-development and entrepreneurial journey. You also have access to my free masterclass resources and other self-development content that cannot be found anywhere else. This is your chance to surround yourself with motivation and inspiration 
while building genuine connections that can up-level your mindset and life. Follow the link in the show notes below to join this abundant Facebook community and start expanding your mindset today. Of course. So one of the things that I really noticed when I learned all this personal development and began doing my own study, particularly heavily in neuroscience, and then of course in like the psychology and NLP, was that I had this deep passion and desire to understand why we do the things we do. And my quest will be on the route with women and why it is that when it comes to creating change, healing, growing, evolving, could be even just like making more money, that we find ourselves self-sabotaging, holding ourselves back, feeling blocked. We use the word, you know, I feel lost. I just feel like I can't change, feel broken. I tried everything and nothing worked. And I was like, why? Like, why is that? Like, it's not just as simple as some people being motivated and some people not. Or some people have discipline and some people don't. Like, where does discipline even come from? And how does one cultivate more of a will to just do something? So my obs- I became obsessed with knowing how. Like, how do we do that? Well, what I began to realize really quickly, Karen, was that what we miss in a lot of our mindset and psychology based from the head work only is that a lot of our will and ability to be able to do or not do things comes from what's happening in our nervous system. Our nervous system, which is like the study of neuroscience, governs what we would all be very familiar with, which is our fight or flight. Now, fight or flight keeps us safe. We can't just motivate ourselves out of fight or flight. We cannot just be disciplined to not be in a survival pathway. It comes from a part of the brain that has been responsible. It's the oldest part of our brain. It's called our brain step, right? Or another name for it is our reptilian brain or our old brain. Many names for it in neuroscience. But essentially, Karen, this very old and in some ways outdated part of our brain will put us into states of survival, whether it's fight, flight, or freeze, or like a collapsed response. Whenever there's a threat in the system, even if it's just perceived. And what that means is, let's say I'm here in Bali again, and there's a part of me that says, hey, Nikki, do you remember how last time you were in Bali and you thought you were going to die? Yeah, like, why are you here? Oh my God, maybe you shouldn't be here. What if you get hurt? Or what if your drink gets spiked again? I know physically, Karen, that's not going to happen again. Me and my partner, Ryan, we don't even go out and, and go to clubs. We don't really drink. You know, he's like my protector. He's here to take care of me. Like, I know the chances of, of that happening again are like next to nothing. And yet, why is there a part of me that still feels the anxiety or still feels that like, just be careful just in case? Because it's not a real threat that's happening in my physical environment. It's a perceived threat that's being stored in my body based on trauma that's happening physically in my body from a somatic level, right? So internally, maybe like tight chest, really hot, high heart rate, sweaty palms. Maybe I'm feeling really dizzy. Some people pass out when they feel really anxious. And then, of course, emotionally. So I might feel the fear. I might feel worry, things like that, hypervigilant. Now, what happens when we don't understand that we have a nervous system and we go through states of survival, whether it's fight, flight, or collapse, 
we get very, very, very good at functioning in these states. And so the women that I come to work with and and we begin to understand the nervous system, the majority of them, Karen, have gotten very good at functioning as a high-functioning fight or flight person, right? In neuroscience, we call it hyper-arousal. So high-functioning, hyper-aroused woman. So what that means is they are constantly doing. They don't feel the ability that they can slow down. They overwork themselves. They're in a constant state of fight, which means they wake up, they've got their whole to-do list. It's 12 p.m. and they've had three cups of coffee pre-workout and maybe no water. They haven't nourished their body. They get to the end of the day and they're feeling anxious, so they have a glass of wine. They then sit in front of the TV to watch something that numbs their body and numbs their mind because they don't have the ability to naturally self-regulate or soothe their nervous system. And then we have this society of like women and who feel like they need to be masculine to be successful and succeed and be noticed. And then living in a state of survival with their nervous system, feeling burnt out, not knowing who they are, what makes them happy. They feel lost. Their self-worth is based on their success and how much they're doing in their day and how hard they're working and they have no awareness of what's happening from the chin down with their nervous system and then these women are expected to like just feel or like just be motivated and they don't realize what's going on with their nervous system is that a nervous system like hey we're just trying to survive because right now there's a perceived threat and the perceived threat that it's very common that women create is my success and my self-worth are dependent on each other. If I don't succeed, I don't feel worthy. And that's scary for a woman whose very existence, very existence is based off her success, how hard she works and achievement. Mm. So like you can see the big, like the big problem in that is that those women whose very existence was based off these things. And if you were to take away their Instagram account or you were to take away their business, the whole world would shatter and they wouldn't know who they are, right? You take away a bodybuilder's body from them. Who are they? And if they don't know who they are on the other side of that and they don't know how to answer that question, that's a really big problem because now our identity, our survival, our existence is based off things outside of us, our job, our money, our clients, our bodies. Uh, relationship and that's not where our power comes from that's not where our self-worth comes from Mm. everything you just said then was like me for most of my life until I discovered self-development and I know so many people in my audience and especially some of my clients are also like going through trying to make that shift of stepping away from that mentality of like always doing and always trying to push and prove instead of just focusing on the being and the self and the, the identity of like who they are as a person first. But yeah, I everything you said that I was like, yep, that was me. Yep, that was me. Yep, that's still me a little bit. <laughs> but I would love to know like what are some like methods or modalities that we can start to change if we are feeling with fitting into some of those categories? Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I'm wondering if we might get to try something together on the call right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. So I'm just wanting you to check in with your body and how you're feeling about me asking you if we can try something together. 
curious. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, let's let's stick with that. I'm a little bit nervous. Why do you feel that in your body? Probably like not so much like my heart space, but just more like center. So for women listening, sort of like the sternum, a little bit lower in the middle of the rib cage. Mm. Yeah. And is it like a, a tightness or is it a pain? What's the sensation? It's kind of like a warming, like not, I don't want to use the word burning, but kind of like a pulsating like feeling. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a heat sort of coming yeah. out. And what about now as we bring awareness to it? Does it get bigger or is it sort of softening and dissipating a bit? Yeah, no, it's not there anymore. Beautiful. Amazing. So, Karen, what we just did right now on the podcast <laughs> is called thematic processing. Really? So when I asked you, can we try something now, what I noticed was, and for those who aren't, who aren't watching this, who are listening in, what happened with Karen's body was she contracted forward so her body pulled forward she looked down which is often a sign of I'm unsure and then she pulled right back which is like a sign of like of like my body doesn't want to do this but I'm going to lean into the fear anyway and then she noticed somatically in her chest right in between her rib cage there was a bit of anxiety and tension and thematically in the body, there was a, a heat that was almost like pulsing or contracting out. And then just as we brought awareness to it, just noticed it, not trying to change it, not trying to make it better, not trying to make it go away. The body was naturally able to be in the present moment and self-regulate and naturally self-soothe her nervous system so that she could feel more present and sensitive in the moment. So now, could you- powerful. Yeah. Well, Karen, you've got a really beautiful ability to notice what's happening in your body. Sometimes when I say to women, what's happening in your body right now? Or where do you notice that? They don't actually have the ability to notice. They might say things like, I just feel stressed or I just feel like I can't stop. Now you notice that those are very mindset things. I feel like I can't stop. They're not really based on like, yeah, but where's that in your body? So I often feel that sometimes even the awareness and the attunement of what's happening in the body is very shut off. Mm. So Karen, the first thing that we really teach in this work, and it was the first journey that I went on, which is noticing what's happening somatically in the body. The body's always talking to us, always sending signals to tell us how we're feeling. But let's say, Karen, like you were in an environment where your body was telling you that, but you were just saying like, it's not a big deal. I'm fine. I'm fine. We know what fine means. Feelings inside not expressed. Eventually, the nervous system says, well, Karen's not actually here to take care of us. We don't feel safe and I'm feeling anxious in my body. So we're going to hijack a system called amygdala hijack. So the brain releases a response to keep you safe because you're not able to do it yourself. And so the more attunement, which means the ability to notice and check in and become aware of our emotions and feelings in the body. So the more attunement that we can create with what's happening in the body, the more neurological pathways we then create between our mind and our body. And in neuroscience, we call that mind-body coherence. And this is so important for this work because, yes, mindset is powerful. But did you know, Karen, that mindset only equates to 20% of your ability to heal when it comes to trauma healing 
Mm-hmm. 20%. Wow. So we call it top down processing. So top down is only 20%. So if you're just doing mindset work and you're like, ah, why am I not getting better? Why am I still depressed? Why do I feel like I'm still can't get a control of my anxiety? I don't feel confident. I don't know who I am. I'm not sure of myself. It's probably an indication that you've been too, been doing too much work in your head, which is very much where we spend a lot of time when we're masculine women. We could talk more about this in a second because I've said that twice now and there might be a few women who are like, what do you mean masculine women? <laughs> and not enough time in our bodies as feminine-led women and even for men as well, men need that feminine energy as well to create a connection with their bodies and notice what's happening from the chin downwards. Mm, that's so, so powerful. Yeah, I'm so interested to... I remember reading the book, The Body Keeps School. I need to reread it actually because I just find stuff like that so, so interesting. And especially with like my nursing backgrounds, like obviously I know quite a lot when it comes to like the nervous system and whatnot when it comes to more health issues. But it's so interesting to then like make that same link from my studies to then more like psychology and just like emotions and thoughts. It's just beyond interesting. But yes, I would love to like dive into the whole masculine and feminine dualities because that is something that I do talk about often because when I started on my self journey, self-discovery journey, I realized I was just full like chronic masculine and that's why I became so burnt out in my nursing career and made this huge change towards coaching and I'm not perfect, but I'm starting to learn how to embody more of my feminine energy and how to then teach that to my clients and show up more in that state in my business. But you are obviously way more knowledge in that space. And I'd love to hear like your take on when it comes to ambitious women or women in business and trying to balance like that sense of duality for their life. Yeah, beautiful. So there's many layers to this, but the first layer that's really important to meet women where they're at with this journey So for example, what I mean by that is like in the feminine embodiment, you can't really start with like, for example, you can't really start with chakra healing if you don't really have a concept of what's even happening in your body or you don't even understand the concept of growth versus fixed mindset, right? And you're very stuck in the victim fixed mindset mentality. So when we go to the feminine embodiment, we really want to start with like where women are at when it comes to being in their masculine and tapping into their feminine. And the first really great way to do that is looking at how can I still be really successful in my business and be heart-led in my feminine energy? Because when I talk to women about this, their first fear is like, I feel like I can't be in my feminine because then I'll get nothing done. I feel like I can't be in my feminine because I've got all of these responsibilities. Like I got shit to do, Nikki. And there's this big perception that feminine equals weakness feminine equals not being able to do anything it's like feminine is me just laying around in a hammock all day meditating with the monk and it's not it's very much the opposite of that and there's a lot of power that we can access when we tap into our true core feminine and a lot of power that comes from our bodies so like before we get there we first really need to work with understanding that we have our integrated feminine and masculine and then like the disintegrated shadow and the thing is a lot of women who are in business with the very hustle mentality that can't slow down can't rest when they do rest they feel guilty they feel lazy very much the shadow of the masculine it's not actually a healthy demonstration of masculine energy the masculine energy that is healthy is heart-led it sets boundaries 
right? Boundaries with yourself and your business. Boundaries with your work and your your rest. It's very understanding. So when we're in a workspace and we don't have any time for ourselves, it's very self-sacrificing, misunderstanding of what's needed in the moment. So for a lot of women who are like, yeah, I'm, you know, this feminine boss woman, but don't understand the concept of the feminine and masculine integrated, disintegrated, chances are you're probably in your disintegrated masculine and you've just gotten really good at externalizing that. So I've noticed it a lot in the business industry at the moment. It's like a lot of women are externalizing their feminine energy, but there's no core embodiment of it and demonstration of being heart-led and like really embodying that for themselves, not just for their business, but in their own life. So like I have clients that come to me and I'm like, how's your mental health? Like what relationship do you have with your emotions? How's your cycle? What's your relationship to your, like your womb right now? And they're in a really dysregulated place. They're burnt out. They're got no connection to these really core important things. So the actual embodiment is not there. So it's really important for us to look at our perception of the feminine and masculine and really understand what it is, where we might be. Majority of the time we're in the the shadow unless we're doing this kind of embodiment and doing this kind of work. And not necessarily a bad thing. It's just whether we're aware of it and it's useful or not useful in our lives and in our businesses. So I know for me, Karen, like I used to have this perception that masculine was like controlling and masculine was like dominating and masculine was really hard and rigid. And I had to change my perception of that because the masculine is actually grounded. The masculine is, again, the understanding the heart-led businesswoman or the heart-led warrior. And that way I could really be in my masculine and know that there was actually a balance to that. And I could be in my masculine in a healthy way in my business rather than in the shadow. So interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I like did a lot of these learnings like with Morgan recently, actually my mentor with the feminine and masculines, which really like opened up my eyes a lot. But I know in myself, there's still so much more to learn and I'm loving everything you're saying and that audience is going to love hearing all of this from you. And I just like to see like if you could give us like an example of like what a really balanced like heart-led feminine core woman actually looks like so my audience can start to like put these like pinpoints together of like where they need to start showing up differently beautiful so we just covered like the masculine and how you can be heart-led and take action and execute and feel that it is an external active energy and then the feminine when we're looking at you know being a high achieving feminine woman as well the feminine is about self sourcing your power one of the blocks to this is external validation and the need to be liked. So we have this thing called like the good girl complex. And essentially what that means is that we grow up feeling that we need to perform. Right? We mentioned we were talking about this before, the need to perform, succeed or do in order to get our self-worth, to feel good enough. And this is a big block for the feminine energy because for true core feminine women, She's the one who knows that her power comes from inside of her. It's innate. She doesn't get it from somewhere. She's born with it, right? It's her birthright. So anytime that we notice our power is being sourced from outside of us, through whether it's money or men or, you know, any type of relationship or our body, 
that's when we notice we're getting the power outside of us. It's not true source feminine power. And then anytime we have a need for external validation. So for me, getting on stage at the time, I got so good at denying that because it felt so good. I didn't want to accept that, yeah, I'm getting external validation by people clapping for me because it felt good. And my ego was like, yeah, but then you have to give that up and realize you don't have any self-worth thinking. And I had to do that. And I, I mean, I got to do that. And I realized, wow, I was competing because I had no self-worth and it felt good to get on stage. And it felt horrible when I got off stage, like putting weight back on. I was so depressing. I started binge eating. I started, I had body dysmorphia and all of that was because I didn't feel worthy in myself. I didn't feel like I truly had access to my feminine power because I was so good at getting it outside of me with my body, my business, my friends, men, and I didn't know how to find it. No one taught me until I started doing this work and learning it. And so it's really important for women listening is to ask yourself, like, whose external validation are you still looking for in your life right now? And where in your life do you use things to validate your self-worth? Is it how many clients you have? And if you're not, let's say, making money and getting clients or selling your product, do you notice that that impacts your self-worth and your mood and your motivation and, and how inspired you feel by your life and what you're doing? And if so, it's a really good opportunity to then look in and go, what's your truth? Like, do you truly believe that's where your self-worth comes from? And if not, you now have to shift your paradigm and shift the narrative that you've created, probably from your childhood, about where your self-worth comes from. Mm, that's so powerful and so interesting. I'd love to know, like, what are some tangible steps or like practices even to help women kind of shift away from that like unhealthy masculine energy and start to be more in their body and start to embody more of that feminine core? Yeah. So there's lots of really like small embodiment practices you can do. So when we're working with our body, of course, we've got things like meditation, breath work is extremely powerful. I would recommend holotropic breathwork if anyone is unsure of what type of technique to start with your holotropic is quite healing and it's more of a long form breath as opposed to you know if I were to just do like a four by four breathwork technique and you're fine with the breath emotional release technique so you're able to go in and actually release the emotional blockages that stop you from accessing your feminine do you remember how at the start of the podcast I talked to you Karen about how it's not as simple as just giving people things to do because when they are approaching them, they're either feeling blocked, they're feeling resistant, or they're not, they don't know how to. If I just say to women, like, just go in nature and just be in your feminine, it's probably not going to do anything. <laughs> so yeah. it's really important that we understand the blockages and the how to get there process. So, yes, you know, your embodiment practices like yoga and meditation and dancing and singing and and being in nature all of those things are really really important and I would encourage everyone listening to do them and on top of that it's really is the emotional piece of like what blocks you from being in your feminine so again like looking at your relationship with yourself where looking at your relationship with your body and asking yourself what kind of relationship do you really have with your body are you using your body to externally self-source your power are you using your business to externally self-source your power? 
and being able to come back to like your truth, who you are internally. I then would also recommend like definitely getting a mentor. Like I found Karen that although I became obsessed with studying this work, I found really great mentors in my journey that helped me to build a deep relationship with my nervous system. So when we're in survival, it's very hard to access our integrated feminine and masculine. And that's where we go into the shadows of both, both feminine and masculine. So with me regulating my nervous system and learning this work, just reading the books just gave me more information, but it did actually help me with the integration and the consolidation of the work. It was when I worked with a mentor and they could see my blind spots they could run me through embodiment practices. They could do breakthrough techniques with me that on your own in a book, you're limited for that capacity unless you're, you know, really, really dedicated to doing the inner healing and the inner work. So I definitely would recommend getting a mentor. And then the last thing is to create a really loving relationship with your body. So I love getting my clients to do Vera work. It's a technique where you are really like confronted with the reflection of like yourself so it is what it sounds like you sit in front of a mirror and you can do it fully clothed and just start there and you sit and you soul gaze with yourself and that means looking into your own eyes i'd recommend looking into your left eye which is the feminine side of your body and just sitting and being with most women, when they first do this, will feel really uncomfortable and they'll feel like it's weird. And that's the whole reason why we should be doing something like this. Because, or I should say, why we can do it for the power of this work is because women still feel that connecting with themselves is weird. Women feel that connecting with themselves is like uncomfortable or awkward or silly. And that's the problem in itself because connecting with ourselves is the most beautiful thing we can do in the whole entire world. And you'll find the more and more you do that and the more comfortable and more surrendered you feel sitting with yourself, that there will be emotion that will come up for you. A lot of women experience a lot of sadness and grief, knowing that they haven't been able to connect with themselves like this in a very long time. And all of these emotions are really, really important to feel. We have this idea that sadness and pain and grief are all bad things that we shouldn't feel. Like, it's okay. It's, it's okay. You'll be fine. Like, just be happy. And we've really invalidated our experience to have a full spectrum of emotions. Sadness is just an emotion. No good or bad emotion. There's no positive or negative emotion. Anyone who tells you that doesn't actually understand anything beyond the mindset work. If you know, it's only like 20% of, of working healing. Emotions are just energy experienced in the body, right? Emotions are energy and motion. And so when we don't feel those emotions, they become stuck in the body. They become stagnant and they create what's called like dis-ease. There's no ease of emotion. And so when they all come up, it's like we get to digest them, Karen, and we get to really like release them from the body. Kind of like food. You don't digest your food. You get constipated. And so what happens is like essentially emotional phase like a very weird analogy but it helps us understand why so many women so much tension and tightness in their chair it's mm. so tight it closed off and so when they're able to sit with that pain sit with that sadness like you're just right here in the middle Karen mm. you're not able to experience it feel it release it from the body and experience that opening with the chest opening with the heart and that energy center 
Mm, I love that. I definitely experienced that when I did that holotropic breathwork session with you and Ryan at one of Morgan's events. And I highly recommend if anyone's been curious or is really interested in the things that Nikki is speaking about to go and seek out like a breathworking session because my experience was really quite like I'm still trying to like process what really happened during that breathwork session because I had so much heat and tension and I could literally feel the energy coming out from me as I was doing the breathwork session. And how I felt afterwards was just this utter sense of peace, calm, serenity, and love within myself that I've never felt before in my life. And I achieved that through doing that breathwork session and being with my body and with my breath and letting that kind of energy like release that was stored so deep down in me. So yeah, I would highly recommend people to seek that out if they're really curious about these moving through these energies and these sort of modalities of more like inner body somatic healing because it's, yeah, you'll understand when you go through it and do your own because it is, yeah, such an amazing, amazing experience. But Nikki, I would love if you could tell everyone where they can find you and let them know about your coaching program and yeah, let us know. So if you would love to reach out and just ask for some support or ask me any questions about this work and the journey that you're on right now, you can head to Instagram. My handle is Nikki Kassa, which is N-I-K-K-I-C-A-S-S-A. And then we've also got an event coming up at the end of this year in October, the 14th and 15th of October, the two-day transformational event. And this kind of event was the first thing that I did that really transformed the inner work journey for me. So highly recommend if you want a space where you can feel supported in this work and seen and loved and just like held through that and feel really safe, please reach out to me and I can tell you more about this event. It's called The Conscious Woman. It's in the Gold Coast and we would absolutely love to see you there. And then, of course, I've got my own podcast, the Nikki Kassa Podcast. Amazing. I'll add all of those links in the show notes. And yeah, I am beyond excited to come to this event, Nikki, and learn all of these from you and just, yeah, really start to embody into all of these practices that we've been speaking about. If you guys are wanting to, it's being held in the Gold Coast. So I will, yeah, add all of that below and come see Nikki and also see myself there at the event. But Nikki, thank you so much for finding the time over there in Bali to do this recording. And yeah, I appreciate you coming on and being so vulnerable and sharing so much value with me and my audience too. Thank you so much for having me, Karen, and for creating this really beautiful safe space and this platform for me to share my voice with all of your audience. I see you and I see the work you're doing. It's so important that we're creating this ripple effect for other women. So I just want to recognize you and the work you're doing in this space and how incredible you are. Thank you, Nikki. Oh, it makes my heart warm. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. I hope today's episode has inspired you and provided valuable insights to help you expand your mindset. Thank you for tuning in each week and being a part of my journey. If you loved this episode, go share it on your Instagram story and tag me so I can see it. Your support and engagement towards this podcast means the world to me. Now, remember, the only limit you have is the one you place on yourself. 
So keep expanding. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll be in your ears next Monday. Thank you.